Hi, this is Steve Thomas, pastor of the First Baptist Church at Delray Beach. Welcome to our podcast. We study God's Word to apply it to our lives in order to make a difference in this life and in eternity. We hope you enjoy this message. We cry out, we cry out. And if you have your Bible, you can open it to the book of Mark, chapter 1. Today we begin a new series, and it's entitled, Invest Your Life. And so our goal today is to just take over your entire life, all of your energy. We want you to work yourself silly. We want you to be, no, that's not it at all, is it? You ever been in a church like that? Sometimes I fear, and I was studying for this series, I thought, God, I don't want people to hear us say that really it's all about just trying harder. And then you can just get there. If you can just try a little harder, you're going to be fine. Just try harder. You're almost there. Maybe just just a little bit more. Maybe just a little more spirituality. And you just, and you're just like, man, I've tried hard. Maybe you're like me most of my life golfing. The more I golf, I never got any better. Like this is ridiculous. Wasn't until I actually got a lesson and invested in that time that actually learn how you're supposed to hit the ball. Sometimes the followers of Jesus can be like that. We're like, man, I just, I just been trying and trying and trying. Maybe that's not what God calls us to do. The title of the message today is Trying and Trusting, or Trying versus Trusting. See, there's a big difference between trying and trusting. Just like there's a big difference between investing and working. You know, when you work, what you're doing is you're saying, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to uh, earn a living. I'm going to get paid for what it is that I have done. The energy that I put out, I'm getting paid for my work. But there's another way to make a living, and that is if you can invest in the right investments. Right, if you're able to find the things you can have confidence in and you give what you already have into somebody else's hands and trust them with that, and hopefully they're going to generate enough income off of that to feed you. That's kind of the dream of retirement, right? It's, it's we're hoping that when we get to a certain age that's getting older and older and older, um, that we're going to be able to have enough saved up that we can put it in an investment, and it will earn enough interest, enough income for us to survive. Most people probably would like to live a life where they can invest rather than work. Hopefully you enjoy your work, and work is a really good thing. But there is a time in most people's lives when they're either unable or tired of their career, and they're ready to retire, and they're hoping they can live off of their investment. Well, the same thing is true spiritually. We always feel like no matter how hard we try, we just got to, we always feel like we're putting off this, this idea and this mantra that you just need to try harder. Man, just, we just kind of, well, you failed. Well, you didn't try hard enough. Sometimes that's how church people can receive the message of the gospel. But that's not the message of Jesus, is it? The message of Jesus is not try harder. And I want to encourage you today, if you came in today and you say, you know what, this Christianity thing, this following Jesus, it's just really not working for me. 
I mean, I've tried it, and I keep trying it, and maybe you've come back today to try again, and you've said, I, I don't have any peace, I don't have joy, but I, I feel like I need to come to church, and I, I do feel better sometimes when I leave church, and I, I get kind of charged up, but I don't know that it's working. I want to encourage you today. I really hope today's message is a great encouragement to those of you who have been trying very hard. And maybe not getting the results that you hope. Maybe you don't have the peace that you thought you would have. Maybe you don't have the impact you hope to have on people you love. Maybe you don't have the future that you hope to have. Maybe you're full of anxiety. I want to encourage you today. That today, the call of Jesus is not a call to try harder. It's a call to invest more. It's not a call to work harder, try harder. It's a call to invest more. More. And I want you to stay with me as we look at Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 14. Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 14. And if you're new to us, know that we generally preach through major sections of Scripture. Today, in this series, we will be covering several sections of Scripture, but uh, hopefully very accurately. Because we want to see a theme in Scripture about investing and how we're to invest our lives. Mark chapter 1, verse 14. The word of the Lord says this. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel, or the good news of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. This is the very simplest. You've heard me talk about this many times. It's the very simplest uh, form of the message of Jesus, what is, which is this. I've got really good news. Repent and believe in me. Repent and believe in the gospel, in the good news of Jesus. Repent and believe. That's really the essence of receiving what Jesus wants to do. Repent means to turn. Believe means that I'm going to believe and trust in Jesus to save me instead of working really hard to keep all the law. That's what the gospel is. That's what Jesus says. Continuing verse 16. Now, what, now watch what happens. Passing along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, get this, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. Now, I love that that's what Jesus says. Here's the good news, and what is your response? Your response needs to be to follow him. It's not to go get ready to follow him. It's not go get qualified to follow him. It's not try really hard to be worthy of him. It's simply follow him. Follow him. It's incredible how passive, really, what the disciples are told to do really is. It's not go to war for me. It's not get ready. It's not try hard. It's not do all. It's follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. And you think about that phrase. I will make you. Jesus is saying, you follow me. I will change you into something you are not. 
So our normal mindset is, I'm going to follow Jesus, and I'm going to try to become what he wants me to be, and I'm going to work really hard to become what he wants me to be. I'm going to do all the stuff I'm supposed to do. Jesus is saying, no, listen, if you follow me, I'm going to change you. I'm going to do something in you you could never do on your own. And what's really interesting, if you read this entire gospel, if you read any of the four gospels, you'll see that the disciples during the life of Jesus are incredibly inactive. They're not going out doing a bunch of stuff. They do some things. We'll talk about them. But in general, for the first six chapters of the book of Mark, until you get about midway through the sixth chapter, they haven't actually done anything except invested. They've left their homes. They've followed Jesus, which meant they hung out with him everywhere he went, followed him around, literally, listened to what he was saying, learned his teaching, saw him do amazing things, heal people, cast out demons. In chapter 4, we find they're in a boat, and there's this incredible storm happening, and they say to Jesus, who's asleep in the back, hey, Jesus, don't you care that we're going to drown? So that's, that's kind of the first thing that they really do is just question Jesus about letting them drown in the storm. They don't really do that much. They just spend all their time on Jesus. They spend all their focus on Jesus. He's the one they, were, they are following. That's much different than following someone on social media, right? Because there you can follow hundreds of people and not really follow any of them. So we follow Jesus, we're focused on him, what he's saying, the experiences he's providing. So they spend all this time until we get into chapter 6, and Jesus sends them out. He sends them out and he tells them, go and tell people to repent. And that's their first real action. That's the first thing they really do. And they do. They go out and people do repent. And when they get back, it's incredible. There's this crowd of people constantly coming to see them and Jesus. And, and it's, they're getting overwhelmed with everything that's happening. And Jesus says to them, hey, I want you to come away with me to a place of rest. I want you to come away with me. Continue your investment. Continue to follow me. I'm going to take you away to a place of rest, Mark chapter 6, verse 30. And so they, they get into a boat, makes sense, sounds good to me. I mean, if, some, if I were to tell you today, we're going to go to a place of rest, I'm going to pick you up in my boat, you're feeling pretty good about it, right? Amen, boaters? I mean, that really sounds good, doesn't it? I'm thinking we're going to go to a deserted beach, and we're going to walk, and we're going to talk, and it's going to be really great, and... It's going to be relaxing, right? Doesn't that sound good? That's why we're here in Florida, amen? That's, that's why we're here. We want to enjoy it. But Jesus takes them across the Sea of Galilee, not a very big sea, incidentally, about 8 by 13 miles, and the people can see him. And you know the story. The people see Jesus take off. The disciples are like, hey, we can even see where he's going. Let's beat him there. So they go around the rim of the lake, and they meet Jesus over on the eastern shore, and so it seems like, seems like this promise of rest that Jesus gave is really not going to happen. 
because all these people are showing up that they tried to get away from. And so Jesus teaches them, and there's like 5,000 men and probably another 15,000 women and children, and Jesus teaches them. And then it gets late, and the disciples start to get worried. And then in verse 35, it says, And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. Let me ask you, have you been in that place? Does life get you in that place where you're like, man, I can't do this. I've got too much. I'm overwhelmed. I've got too many things I'm trying to do, too many people I'm trying to minister to, too many people I'm I'm trying to feed. And and now I feel like Jesus is telling me, you feed them. I mean, can't you feel the stress of the disciples at that moment? I thought we were coming here to rest. And now you're telling me I'm supposed to, I, I, I can't do it. That's always a good place to be. It's a good place to be where you come to realization, I can't do it. You're right. It's time to invest. See, Jesus says to them in the midst of this, you feed them. When you get to the place where he has overwhelmed you, the place where you realize I can't do what you want me to do, it's time to say, I need to increase my investment, not my effort. Jesus says, you feed them. They're like, what do you want us to do? Go into the surrounding uh, countryside and spend twenty, thirty thousand dollars in food to feed all these people? That's that's crazy. How are we going to do that? We don't have that kind of money. Or do you want us to go forage and uh, we're going to go out into the woods and we're going to we're going to dig up some roots and find some nuts and bear? What, what, <laughs> there's only twelve of us. What what are you saying? What do you want us to do? And Jesus says, "What? I love it." He says, "You know, what do you have?" What do you have? How many loaves do you have? Verse 38. And when they had found out, they said, we have five and two fish. You know what that is? That's like a couple of tuna sandwiches. Couple of tuna sandwiches. We can feed a few people with this. We could divide it up. We could all have a bite, you know. Uh, I got a couple of tuna sandwiches, Jesus, and maybe a couple extra pieces of bread. That's that's what we have. And um, I, I don't know if it was me. I'd be like, so it's nothing. What? Are you, why are you asking for that? It's like saying, you know, can you pay for dinner? And you got three pennies in your pocket. You know, that's kind of what it's like. You know, uh, oh, my credit card failed, and I got three pennies. Will this help? You know. That's kind of what it feels like. And again, there's this pressure to perform and provide. And Jesus is showing them, you don't have any ability to provide. You don't have any ability to do what I'm giving you to do. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to invest more, not try harder. I want you to invest this little bit that you have. I don't want you to go find some more. I just want you to give the little bit that you have. Verse 39, And he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. 
Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples and set them before the people. And he divided the two fish among them and they all ate and were satisfied. All ate and were satisfied. Incredible, incredible statement right there. We had two tuna fish sandwiches and we fed thousands of people. Two tuna fish sandwiches, we fed 5,000. They were all satisfied. Couldn't eat anymore. Couldn't have anymore. Couldn't put any more down. And what do they have left? And they took up 12 baskets full of pieces and of fish. And those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. Now, this was supposed to be a a rest excursion. Here's what we can't miss here. Jesus is saying, your life should be a life where you're giving me the little bit that you have, and I will give you back so much more than you can imagine to help those around you. And that's a way more restful life than the life of constantly trying to work harder. So many times we're exhausted because we're holding on to what we have. And Jesus said, let go of what you have. I'm going to multiply it. I'm going to feed thousands. But you won't give me your tuna fish sandwich. That's why you're exhausted. Because you, you refuse to make us a little investment. Because you can only make a little investment. Because I don't care how much you have. It's nothing compared to what Jesus has. Invest your life and unleash the power of God on those around you. Jesus said what? He said, come unto me, all you who are, what, weak and heavy laden, and I will make your life harder. That's not what he said, is it? Come unto me, all you weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light, my yoke is this. You invest in me, I'm going to give you more than you could possibly imagine. But if you don't invest in me, you're going to be exhausted. Come unto me. Follow me. Invest in me. That's the message. I know what you're thinking. Well, you know, Steve, I know my Bible. I know that the author of Hebrews says in chapter 12... He says what? Since we have this great cloud of witnesses, all these people, let us run with patience the races that are set before us and let us lay aside all the weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us or wraps us around our legs. I know that's my paraphrase. Um, looking always unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Get that picture. He says, that sounds like it's hard. I'm going to be running hard. Listen, what he's saying is, if you take my yoke upon, you're going to be putting down a lot of weight. You're going to be untangling your feet from the stuff that trips you up. I've never seen anybody run a marathon with two dumbbells. It's probably been done, but I've never seen it. I've never seen anybody run a race with a bunch of stuff wrapped around their legs. The message of Jesus is, listen, come to me, look unto me. You're going to win the race. You're going to finish the race. I didn't say you're going to do nothing. Next week, we're going to talk about the fact that Jesus does almost all the work. 
I'm going to show you that throughout Scripture, you see God doing almost, we always think that we accomplish, actually, it's God that accomplishes almost everything. So don't miss next week. So yeah, there's, there's, some, there's some work, there's some energy you're going to burn, but it's so much more about what Jesus is going to do through you. I love the picture that Paul has in 2 Timothy 4. He talks about the end of his life, and he says, you know what, I've I fought the good fight. I finished the course. I've kept the faith. And even now, my life is being poured out like a drink offering. I love that picture of investment. I am pouring out my life so that you, Jesus, can do so much more with it than I could possibly imagine. I love the parables in Matthew chapter 13, and you can turn there, verse 44. These are very familiar to you probably, but it talks about this idea of investment. And it talks about the value of Jesus. Matthew 13, verse 44, it says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all of, all of it, all that he had, and he bought it. Get the picture? Once you see the value of Jesus, you don't go out and try to earn more money to buy it. You give everything you have. You give everything you have to buy the field that has the treasure in it. You give everything you have to buy this pearl because it's so valuable. That's a life of investment. I give everything I have, Jesus. I give everything I have because it's so, you are so incredibly valuable. I want to live an invested life. Not a life where I constantly try, try, and try harder. And work even more and more and more. Well, let me ask you, where are you today? And let me hear me. If you're stressed, frustrated, anxious, lack peace, I want to encourage you. This is not to beat you up. This is to tell you, Jesus calls you to invest, not to try harder. Give him what you have. Some of you may say, you know, Steve, I, I've been trying my whole life. I, I learned about Jesus at a young age, and, and I, I, my, my grandma taught me. She took me to church, and, and I just really felt the whole Christian life was about trying harder. And I never felt like I measured up. Listen, you don't have to. You don't have to. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. All Jesus asks for is what you have. And you may say, well, I don't feel like I don't have much. None of us have much. The most godly, wonderful, wealthy person in this room doesn't have much to give Jesus. But he does ask for what you have. And maybe there was a time in your life where you said yes to Jesus. God, Jesus, I, I want you to save me. But you really kind of held back some stuff. I want to encourage you. Would you invest your whole life today? All of it. Is he a trustworthy investment? Do you think if you gave something to Jesus that it might pay return? Well, you can never outgive God. 
Some of you may have actually followed Jesus and you had a you, you, you trusted him, you got saved, baptized, you had, a, had it going good. But man, over the years, it seems like more and more of your life kind of got segmented out and, and taken away from him. And your investment in him actually got less as you got interested in other things. And, and more things became clouded all of your thinking. And you got listening to so many other people rather than just leaning into Jesus himself. And you're like, man, I, I feel he's one of my investments. He's one of the people I listen to. I want to urge you today, would you say, Jesus, I, I want to, you to be my primary investment. I want to invest my life in you. So, Steve, how do I do that? We're going to talk about that for the next three weeks, but let me talk about three ways you can invest your life. Three ways today, this week, that you can invest your life. Number one is time. Time. One of the greatest tools, parents, you have in your toolbox with your child is time. It's been, it was amazing when our kids were home. If we were struggling with one of them, two of them, three of them, whatever, one of them, if we just spent some extra time with them, it was amazing to see their attitude change. We didn't tell them we were doing it. We just got them in a room and wouldn't let them out. Or got them in the car and went fast so they couldn't get out or took them somewhere, spent some extra time with it. It was amazing to see what happened. Do you know what would happen? If, what do you think would happen if you spent some time, extra time with Jesus this week? So Steve, what does that look like? Because I read my Bible. I, you know, I, 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 I do Bible study. I go to life. What is that? Here's what I want to encourage you. Whatever you're doing, I want to encourage you this week, open up a psalm at a time you normally don't read the Bible. Read it. And give God at least 10 minutes to speak to you about that song. See, what happens to the disciples? They're just hanging out listening to Jesus. I just want you to take some time for God to speak to you. Increase your investment of time in him and watch what he does to you, what he does with your heart, what he does with your thinking, what he does with your desires. Increase your investment in time. Second, absolutely money. You say, well, I don't really have that much. But let me ask you this. Maybe what you need to do is not go to Starbucks this week and give that money. Make some change in your life. Say, God, I want to increase my investment. Maybe you just really need to start giving, period. Tithing, 10%. Increase your giving. Maybe that's just, that's just kind of really tipping God. Honestly, you should be able to do better than that, most, most of you. God, I, I want to give more. Because I want to make sure my heart belongs to you. And when I give, I want to say to you, God, I love you. And I'm not giving out of compulsion. I'm giving because I love you. And I want to invest in what you're doing. That's who I am. Increase your investment time, giving. And third, increase your investment in others. In others. I remember... Uh, Robert Gravens, remember Doug Bivens, how he invested in young deacons all the time. And I know you and Betty did your whole lives as well. And I loved watching Doug. Doug was our chairman of deacons for like 10 years because I wouldn't let him not be chairman of deacons. Um, and he was great. And he invested in younger deacons. He spent time with them. He taught them. I love seeing that. I've seen some of you teachers mentor younger Bible, other Bible study teachers. 
I see it in all of our teams. I see it in our, in our children's ministry. I see it in our, in our uh, creative ministry as leaders are raised up and investment is made in other people. And in our host team, as people are raised up, how do I care for people? Invest in someone else this week. Well, Steve, how do I do that? You know, it's really simple. Just call someone that God lays on your heart and encourage them. Don't ask them for anything. Say, listen, I've seen you in church, and I want you to know it blesses me when I see you. And I'm so glad that you're worshiping with us. Or I just, or maybe it's a friend. Maybe you don't even know they need to be encouraged. But who does God just invest in somebody? You don't have to go figure this out. You don't have to go earn it. You just have to invest. Would you invest your life? I want to pray here in just a moment. What is God doing in your heart right now? Is he moving in your heart to change you in some way? Or maybe you're saying, I don't know that I've ever received this, Jesus. Listen, I would love to talk with you after the service. Because you're here and because you're feeling drawn to him, that's his activity. Do you know that? That's God at work right here among us in this room, in your heart and in your life. Would you invest your life in him? Some may need to say, Jesus, I I need to repent of the fact that I stopped investing. I've come so far, but I won't go further. I won't take that next step. I won't give any more time. I'm not going to invest in anybody else. I'm just really here just to show up because this is what I like to do. Listen, you're never going to know the joy of Jesus until there's an investment in your life, a very significant investment. And really, a complete investment. What's Jesus moving you to do? Would you turn your eyes to him? Let's pray. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to our website at fbcdelray.com. Also, click the share button so you can share this message with a friend or someone in need as we seek to know Jesus, to know others, and to make him known. We cry out. We cry out.